Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is David, I'm here with Tyler, and we're going to take a peek behind the mask. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, so today we're going to talk about the five love languages. I forget who the author is, um, but it's this principle that, you know, there are five main ways people communicate or receive love, I guess. Um, and so why don't you start by, you know, why, why did you want to talk about this topic? I've had a few conversations recently, uh, two people, about the love languages. One in particular, um, I met some people over the weekend and one girl had actually just broken up with her boyfriend the night before. Oh, wow. Now, there was about like an eight-year gap. He, he was, I think, 40 and she was 32. Mm. And she was showing us all the conversations that they were having on WhatsApp and he was sending her like novels. Okay. Whereas she wasn't sending as much because she wasn't as big of a texter. Yeah. And so he was also sending her screenshots of conversations he was having with his friends saying, this is what love is. This is what love should look like. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's thinking, what the hell? You know, this isn't how I communicate my love. Yeah. And on top of that, he is um, very well off. So he was buying her gifts and things. And she admitted she's like, one of the ways I receive love isn't by through gifts. Yeah. She would prefer time spent, you know, physical touch, that kind of thing. Yeah. So So let's just outline the five love languages are physical touch, quality time, gift giving, acts of service, and words of affirmation. Those are the five ways people feel love or receive love. Right. Absolutely. So what I think she'd heard of them before, but she didn't know much about it. But it sounded like his his love languages, the two strongest ones to him were gift giving and words of affirmation. Yeah. Whereas hers were, as, as I mentioned, physical touch and time spent yeah. from the sounds of things. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know, they were a, a good match. But when it came down to it, he was just so, uh, he required so much in terms of just words of affirmation and just constant communication on his phone. When they weren't together yeah and that was too much for her and she's like well, that, I, that's not who i am yeah i think that's a good point is even like i i really i read the book i really resonated with the you know the concepts in it but even still there's a limit right like you can know what it's important to know what your partners are but um yeah even still like there's a certain level of that is still too needy right like so, someone shouldn't need consistent re refilling um in that way not to mention you know this this gentleman's 40 years old right yeah uh if he if it was 18 years old maybe that's another story just in it sounds insecurity exactly. and that kind of thing right, sounds, which is it, which isn't the exact same as just like needing it generally mm -hmm. and, and like going from zero absolutely um, that what, kind of thing what would you say your love languages are or your strongest so i did the test and so my number one is quality time which I mean, just totally fits uh, with what I value in, in friendships and that kind of thing. And the second is physical touch as well. Um, and they were almost exact, like almost matched, I think. And then my like I gift giving was like a zero and acts of service was also very low. Like, I don't know. I don't care when people give or do things, really. It's just kind of like happens. What about you? Uh, I haven't done the test. Okay. Where do you do the test? It's, just... it's in the book. Oh, okay, um, got you. I'm going to lend you my copy. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd be happy to read that and go into more depth. 
I would, online maybe as well. If I had to uh, kind of guess, I would say mine are probably words of affirmation uh, and physical touch. Mm. Closely followed probably by time spent together. Yeah. Um, again, same thing. I'm not a huge gift giver. Um, I like more sentimental and more uh, personal gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. I have friends who spend hundreds of dollars on their partners or you know family members and stuff and that's nice but at the same time when it comes down to it i've the best gift i gave over the last six months or the gift that i got the best reaction from was just some handwritten letters yeah you know talking about the memories and time spent so mm-hmm. um and the person that i gave them to that she was very receptive as well of that so yeah and i I think it's important, like, I really liked, I had not, this was a new idea to me, this, this, I think it is for a lot of people, and I think it's so valuable, because everyone assumes that the way they feel love is the way that everyone feels love, Um, and I think with one of my exes, you know, I very much wanted more often texting, and like, to know that she's thinking about me, or that kind of thing, but she just was never on her phone generally, right? So it, it, it took a while for me to get used to that. And it was a like kind of a balance on both ends. She would try and be a bit more proactive. And it's like, you know, people kind of figure that out on their own over time, hopefully in a healthy relationship. But this is very explicit. Like he says, he proposes there are like five main ways and, and he kind of outlines the values and, and how to go about them. Right. And from my understanding, um, like I said, I haven't read the book yet, but if you are, say you're big on gift giving, you are more likely to attempt to show your love by doing that, correct? Yeah. It's like the language you speak. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So you appreciate that the most, but you would also choose to speak that way. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. One... I mean, so the the first book he wrote was written kind of like for couples, but then he's re-released it in a bunch of different versions for singles, for family, because it really, it's kind of pervasive, right? It, it can be for your family as well. Um, but what I've actually found really interesting is showing myself love and paying attention to the languages. And so like quality time is my thing, right? So some people like buying themselves things and it makes them feel good. For me, it doesn't really matter. But like I like being able to spend quality time with myself um, and that kind of is my way of showing myself love. Um, but what I struggle with is my second one is physical touch. And so that is something that is uh, like quite interesting to try and figure out how to um, really show myself love through physical touch, which is some it's much just like kind of difficult um and also just interesting um yeah so i i think it has like like how ramifications for your relationship with yourself as well interesting that would be i agree on the physical touch thing being a bit of an issue yeah but i guess if you have enough time and enough privacy you can figure it out yeah but still it's it's uh i think people anyways we won't go too far into that i guess um, but so have you like looking back now at relationships, how does it reframe stuff in your head? Like, well, um, with my, these five love languages, right? Well, my first proper kind of serious relationship was heading out, heading out of high school and into college. And I was with this girl for about a year and looking back, there were a few times where she had, had 
bought me gifts, you know, for no reason. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them were just cheaper, kind of, oh, this is, I saw this, it reminded me of you or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at one point she bought me a watch and it was a G-Shock watch. So, you know, it wasn't a cheap thing. And I was like, what's the occasion? And she's like, oh, I just saw one. Bought one for me, bought one for you. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, cool, you know. But looking back, obviously she was, well, not obviously, but I would kind of assume that that's the kind of treatment that she wanted. Yeah. Meanwhile, completely oblivious me, I'm just like, oh, cool, she got me this thing. That's nice. That's great. Yeah. And then here she is waiting. Well, she's probably thinking in her head, when's he going to buy me something? Yeah. And here I am like, la-da-da-da-da, you know. Because it's just not the way... That I receive, yeah, that I communicate. Yeah. And so I think when it came down to it, that relationship failed for a number of reasons, but that could definitely be one of the one of the bigger reasons. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's definitely, for me, my, like, my first relationship was long distance. And it's like that definitely didn't mesh well with me needing quality time. And like... Uh, or physical touch. <laughs> or physical touch, right? Seeing someone once a month... Um, just doesn't work right How long it, distance uh like six hour drive oh, okay uh like she was in ottawa mm. and i was in waterloo so pretty far um and yeah so it's like you just don't feel and it's it's an interesting balance like we talked about that that other gentleman the 40 year old and like because i think i was a bit needy as well to be honest but it's like it's easy to be needy when you're not getting any of what you need right like um for sure right and with words of affirmation especially because that is one of my languages i think that it's important to have realistic expectations with that mm -hmm. what i mean is if i don't talk to you for two weeks i wouldn't assume that anything was changed between our you know our friendship yet if it's in um a sexual or a relationship connotation with a partner and I don't hear anything from them in X number of hours or days, then automatically I assume something is different. Yeah. So I think that with that language, for me personally, that needs to be more consistent, mm. whereas the other ones can kind of waver a bit. Yeah. I guess it's from from a baseline, right? It's right. whatever the baseline is. Like if you and I chatted every day and then I didn't talk to you for a week, maybe, maybe you would think, but it, it's more like right. whatever the standard is mm -hmm. that's fair but also i think in some cases you feel like you have to communicate um to avoid something happening almost like i find that i reach out to a lot of people in my life um you know close friends distant friends and i try to keep things up with with words hey how's it going you know checking yeah. in and i'm making a point to hold people more accountable if i say mm -hmm hey, what's up, or whatever, and they're like, oh, not much you, and I'm like, no, 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 tell me what is happening with your life, Yeah. because I want to know, but I think that's not necessarily the love language, more so just yeah. the way that I communicate. I, I think it could be the love language, though, because, um, you know, when I think of it now, I really, I want to know, I want to stay up to date with people as well, but I really like the idea of, like, Skyping them or having the time with them, uh, like, catching up rather than just like an update on uh you know on on chat or or whatever um so i do think and i mean it's interesting because that is it, it's putting in a level of effort that to some people might seem needy i don't think it is right and i um and like i do similar things but if they're not used to that 
Um, and, and if they like, you know, if they know that they could see you in eight years and like catch up as if no, no time had passed. Um, right. It's just how different people it is how you communicate. But I think it is also why you communicate in that way is kind of how you feel close to people, which is is the love. Right. How you can like express your desire to care that, that you care about what's going on in their life. Right. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Have you had any... What am I trying to say? Are you in the market, I guess, for uh, a partner at the moment? Are you just kind of working on self-love? Uh, no, I'm in the market, but as about as lazily as you could possibly be. <laughs> uh, um, just throwing a line out and leaving it there. Yeah, at most, yeah. Because, I mean, any of the prevailing ways of finding people it seems in in our you know age group they're awful right like there's not actually good places to meet people it seems um and i know like i want depth within the first date type thing as well if if i'm in if i'm on a date and i mean i i don't think like since grad, so in the past three years, I've had somewhere between five and ten first dates, and they've all just been dreadful. And like, so I don't. Why? Well, I hate small talk to begin with, um, right? Like, I hate small talk with anyone, and so particularly if if I go through a full date and we never get past small talk, I mean, like, I don't understand how. Like, I want to be talking about, you know, the meaning of life or or whatever, <laughs> like your hopes and dreams and fears and that kind of stuff and I don't know I'm just yeah what and so you... I want I feel like maybe like it's because I want quality time right away I don't want like sitting next to each other watching a movie or whatever I want quality time and so it's I mean difficult in some cases to get that on a first date as well right um, but now I've just kind of uh I mean, I think I have very high standards generally, and it's potentially to a detriment, like for myself and, and for like the world. So in particularly, in particular, it's for a significant other. So I feel like, uh, you know, in time I'll meet someone, but it's, it's not worth pursuing. Right. Okay. Yeah. And what would you, what would you propose as a first date to try to maximize or minimize the small talk and maximize the deeper conversations? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't mind just going for coffee, right? Like I, because that's where you. Right. I'm I'm horrible at like fun dates or creative dates, but I'm not a gimmicky person, right? Um, even with friends, I much prefer them to just come over and hang out or go for coffee and chat, right? Like I don't care to do things with them. Uh, I just want to hang and be with them, right? Um, so it's really like I don't. I like going just for coffee or whatever, but it's about the quality of that conversation and I can tell I mean maybe I'm too judgmental but I can tell pretty quickly where the kind of conversation leads I have a high enough emotional intelligence and that kind of thing um, but yeah I guess it does uh, bring it back to the time needs to be quality or it feels like I'm wasting time especially since I've shown myself so much love and like I'm good at showing myself love now um, like, if I'm not getting more value out of them than I would be alone, then it seems like a waste of my time, right? Um, what about you? Are you... Uh, well... 
in in the what's your well words of affirmation i i, I just uh prepare a date where i do a lot of stuff and i impress them and they say oh good job Tyler. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no no oh, uh, it's interesting actually one of um one of my friends was asking me recently what he should do on a first date he met a girl yeah, online you and... seem like someone who's good at first dates <laughs> good at yeah good at performing on the first dates yeah. but not so much finding something unique it's hard to find a unique first date um like a blanket f- unique first date for everybody yeah because everyone's dynamic will be different i think that movies are a terrible first date yeah you don't even unless you do something afterwards like you yeah. eat afterwards because if you eat before it's going to be a bit of a weird convo um if that's the first time you're you know you're talking over a full meal and then you go to the movie whereas if you go to the movie first and you can talk about it afterwards yeah. at dinner and stuff but sitting sitting in the dark for two hours beside somebody that you pretty much don't know without the ability without the to ability. talk yeah or i mean you can just be me and talk through the whole movie yeah which <laughs> i don't do but yeah some people would think that i do um i like i'm a relatively active person i like doing stuff that's active whether it's dropping sports um I, I do improv as well i think improv is a fun thing to go watch and see okay. and it's kind of a good way to gauge the other person's sense of humor okay you yeah. see what they're laughing at and kind of what values they have yeah so if an off-color joke is told and they're just kind of sitting there quietly you think okay good thing i didn't say that thing earlier, <laughs> right yeah but outside of that even just just a simple coffee can be fine as a cursory first interaction yeah and then from there on once you've established some common interests some commonalities then you can plan something a little yeah. bit more unique yeah i'm i'm pretty boring so like i like doing not much generally and like the thing i mean i enjoy debate and like that kind of stuff i do love comedy stand-up comedy um in particular but i very much i'm i'm i would love i love sharing people's interests right so like my interests seem to be quite like obscure and like intellectually based so i don't do many things right like i i like talking about things and and the world and that kind of stuff that's what i find interesting but i love other people's interests um so i and i i value quality time so anything they could want to do if i want to be like i'm happy to do that thing right i'm happy to tag along and be spending time with them doing what they enjoy so i'm more than happy like if if they want to come up with good dates i'm more than happy i'm just bad at it because there's not that much that in those respects i enjoy doing i guess right and you were saying meeting people in this day and age pretty much sucks yeah uh did you have much success or did you try to have success online at all like uh i think i did non-tinder stuff like tinder and jswipe and those things i was on for a bit and it's awful um and i think at some points in the past i was on like actual dating sites but very like short terms and it still was like not much better i don't i mean i just don't enjoy the framework of it either it's still I mean, I don't like social media. I don't like the internet age generally because it's all just about being fake and flashy and impressing people. And it's like, no, I'm going to impress you if you talk to me for two hours and, and know the depths of my soul. I'm not going to impress you in a three-minute, like, ho-ho, right? right? Um, but that's just my 
premise generally. Do you remember Chat Roulette? Yeah. I think it would be so cool if they made some sort of dating app where you had, it was within like a, a geographic region, maybe like 50 yeah. kilometer radius, where you'd go on and you'd be randomly matched with somebody and you'd have maybe a minute yeah to... so it's like the virtual speed dating yeah kind, yeah, yeah right so you'd have a minute to interact and then after that minute you can both choose whether or not you want to keep talking yeah and i think that'd be a better way because you can obviously you can see the person yeah uh and then you can have a quick little conversation but... i i think that would be better as well but i think you'd have the same risk as chat roulette as how do you prevent guys from just whipping their dicks out well, just get getting them banned they can't use but people could get banned on chat roulette too. You could be reported and banned. Right. But it doesn't prevent just more people, new accounts, and that's fair. But assuming that you can ban them relatively quickly, yeah, it would limit the the yeah. dick interactions. I and guess. it's possible, I guess, if if you do so. Hinge is a dating app that used to be the same as Tinder, except you had to have like within two removals of your social network. Okay. So if it was something similar like that. Mm -hmm. then there's less likelihood that someone that you know someone they know will put their dick in front of you for no reason. Right. Like if there's some connection. And that's what more traditionally dating was anyways. You got introduced through networks. It wasn't random people. Right. Um, but I think with the chat roulette dating idea, you're less likely to get catfished too. Because with the Tinder and Bumble and stuff like that, you see all these fake accounts, these bot accounts. Yeah. Whereas with a video dating you have to verify a lot of the information mm -hmm. and you have to have your real name attached to the to the yeah. account i want to ask so i i don't know who i was talking with this a while ago but would you explicitly ask your friends to set you up like like especially once you're more serious because you know that's what people used to do like i'm i'm interested in a serious relationship and so what people would do is hey friends like, I'm looking, do you know anyone else who you think would suit me who is looking? But it seems kind of like desperate to, to do that um, nowadays. But that used to be much more common. Is it, What do you think about that? I agree that it, I would say it seems taboo. Yet everybody, not everybody, but so many people are on Tinder just swiping through randoms, right? And like so, hundreds. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. With minimal results and then you have to mm -hmm. pay to increase your chances i think that would be a great idea honestly i think that would be awesome but then exactly you got the the fact that you're openly saying i'm looking and please help connect something whereas if i had a friend and i thought maybe you'd be a good match with them um i may not make that connection unless you say something mm -hmm. right um, just because you may have one or two commonalities, I may not be like, oh, obviously this girl's perfect for David, right? So would you ask? Like, what what are your feelings about it? Would you do it? I think, I think that I would. Yeah. Yeah. What what um, what form of social media would you do it on? Just Facebook? No, I mean, I would reach general? out to people like, hey, okay, hey, hey, you know me pretty well, and I I want to know if you maybe have someone that's worth setting me up. Right. Like that kind of thing. Because I gotcha. think, fa like, I mean, no one looks at my Facebook feed now anyways. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, doing it in, like, a broadcasty way isn't necessarily as good. So I would try and potentially mm -hmm. do it more targeted. Right, like, more personal. And yeah. people who kind of know, 
know me more than just kind of surface level as well, right? Right. Interesting. Yeah, and you can get better results from that too. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because if that person knows you, it's like you have your own kind of matchmaker. Yeah. I think one problem with with that approach is this idea that it's it's rude to not want a second date. I think that is what people are scared of. So like if you set up an, an introduction between me and your other friend and we go on a first date and I or she decides, hey, that wasn't good for me. I'm not interested in the second date. It seems like it's offensive or, or rude to you or to me. Like the, the dynamics seem like it's not just like a nice introduction. Um, and like there, if there's a first date, there's an expectation of a second date if it's like pre-set up or something yeah i think that even it's tough to say it's almost like you have to have that person who set you up go with you guys on the first date as a buffer because the first relationship i was in my friend connected yeah. me with this girl and the three of us went out together and then afterwards she reached out to me saying hey do you want to hang out just the two of us yeah right and so that things that makes the interaction the first interaction easier because you both have something in common which is that yeah. friend was there a pretense of it, like that you knew it was kind of some fascination like that? Yeah, yeah. This guy said, hey, listen, um, I think that you might like my friend and said the same thing to her. Yeah. Said, hey, do you, do you, do you want to hang out and just kind of meet each other? Interesting. And I think that was, honestly, that was the easiest dynamic. Yeah. And it does seem like it could be a bit awkward still. With the three of you? Yeah. Absolutely. With a pretense. Right. The pretense is there. No, I, I completely agree. I think that but yeah. I think that if you were to say that to one of the the parties involved, you say, "Hey, David, I have this girl who's interested, who who might you might be interested in. Let's the three of us hang out." She has no idea that I'm trying to set you up with her. You might get a more genuine look at who she is as a person because but that's she's a not... very one-sided power dynamic. Absolutely, then, right? absolutely. But at the same time, um, like I said, I think it would just be more genuine in the person that you get. Because if yeah. if you think someone's hitting on you or whatever, you may change who you are a bit to interact with them. And... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I don't really know. Are are you looking right now, or how are you, how are you looking if you are or you're not? Um, it's a bit of a weird uh, situation that I'm in now. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm openly looking for anything serious, um, because I have somebody who's in my life but not nearby. Yeah. Um, who oh, we definitely have feelings for each other, but nothing can happen upwards of, you know, we don't live nearby at all, different continents. So upwards of just staying in communication, nothing can happen in, within maybe like two years, Yeah, roughly. So there isn't, it's not an official, there's a ring on it or we're in a serious relationship. It's just, yeah. you know, we're really close. And so we're open to the fact that the other person can still meet somebody, mm. right? We're not trying to close off any avenues. So I wouldn't say that I'm traditionally like on the hunt, but I'm not opposed to meeting somebody if that were to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, and how life pro typically works is that's probably how I'll meet somebody because I'm not looking, right? Yeah. Well, there's uh, this concept I read recently about hyper-intention, 
and so it's like when you're when you really just want something so badly that you do everything to find it and you absolutely never do like you you counteract like if you're if you're always looking then you always give off the vibes of you're always looking at it and that kind of thing right uh, yeah i think in a in a personal or uh in interpersonal way that definitely works but i guess if you have a, a goal that you need to achieve or you're choosing to achieve then you do have to put in all the work if that makes sense mm. but i agree absolutely people who are just that's their only goal is to meet somebody oh my gosh you can just smell the desperation yeah and they're just shooting themselves in the foot and making things worse yeah i think that's what i did for a while like but i always managed to meet people and not get past like a month right um in when i was in university there's just so many it's so easy to meet people consistently going to social events and that kind of thing um, right. But then I, I, so I'd make like the little headway, but then it was so obvious that I wanted it to jump to a relationship as soon as possible that like it scared them all away. Right. And I don't want to put you on blast, but I remember you can edit this part out if you want. But I remember you telling me at one point, I think it was in university, that uh, you just went on Facebook and whoever was online, you just started talking to them. Yeah. Trying to initiate something more. Yeah. And to see if they were interested. That's yeah. an interesting, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. Well, not shooting fish in a barrel, but like... Shotgun approach. Shotgun approach, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and I mean, that's kind of what it was in university as well. Partly out of... I was desperate. I was... Because I just wanted to be loved, right? Um, but uh, no, even like as soon as I saw someone I was interested in, I would message them and, and try and get a date quickly. Uh, like I wasn't... I mean, part of it was my anxiety. I was just needing to go through the motions as quickly as possible. Um, if I hadn't had my first anxiety attack in front of them in a month, then it wasn't going to work out, basically. <laughs> um, but it's really like, I do think I was so hyper, I, like bringing it back I do to, to the love languages, I, like I really think it was clouded by this need of quality time. And what I considered quality time, and still seems to be quite more of a depth of uh, ex of conversation and stuff than the average person because when i think of like the things that occupy my mind and my time generally a lot of people just don't think about those things and like that's the thing i want to be experiencing with someone um but it's actually something like my standards seem to be too high right like and i mean that's something i need to work on in therapy as well because it, it really seems to be like cap capturing me right and I think that because you have those specific interests, it, not necessarily that your standards are too high, but your standards may be too specific. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it's cause, possible. Cause, yeah, you could meet somebody who is on the same level in that, in that aspect, you know, enjoys those types of conversations and stuff, but then you could have nothing else in common. Yeah. Right. But it sounds like that's a, that's a big driving factor to who you want to meet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm obsessed with like psychology, philosophy, spirituality, right? Like in the, if, and, and that drives kind of how someone would live their life. If those are the things that they're interested in. Um, so we'll see, but like, I mean, I get into the point where like I can picture how I want to spend new years with my eventual partner or Valentine's like, and I have a specific thing in mind already. Um, and it's like, I believe that someone who buys into my life philosophy would 
want something similar, right? And it's like, it's the same way how, like, how you'd raise kids, right? Like, they need to be bought into what I'm bought into. Um, it just so happens, and from what I've read, that there are that there are few people bought into what I'm bought into. And like, just even one specific thing is objectivism as a philosophy, um, which is a not popular philosophy, and it's pretty, uh, I think its following is quite small. And I'm only recently following that, but I do buy into it to a pretty decent degree, not as much as some people. Um, and it's like the same with any religion. If, if they don't follow and believe the things you believe, it's going to ha- be hard to have a life together, right? Right. And I just have, you know, feet in many ponds in that respect. Right. But would you be willing then to compromise in some respects as opposed to others? Like I have uh, an aunt and an uncle and they live in the States and one's a hardcore Republican and one's a hardcore Democrat. And that's just a part of their life they don't discuss with each other. Right? They don't I don't become, think that's that think that's can a, lead to a healthy relationship because right. I want to be. But like, again, this is something I need to work on because I basically have the thought or expectation of being near soul bonded with someone. Right. Like being not agreeing on everything, but being of one like united spirit type thing is like the way I would phrase it, I guess. Um, so we don't have to. But. On the flip side, that, you know, Democrat versus Republican isn't the same as, uh, let's call it libertarian versus statist, right? So if I, if I think fundamentally that, you know, socialism is evil, and so I'm, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily, not that I do to the full extent, but I don't know if I'd necessarily be able to be with someone who's a socialist, right? Democrats, um, but now we're getting into like specifics, but like, so it's, it's not as simple for me, I think in, in that regard. And it's something I'm, I'm working through, but yeah. Right. I think ultimately you may just have to make some concessions and then depending on who who you meet, you may have to make certain concessions or you can make concessions before you meet somebody and that might widen your scope a bit. Right. It's possible. Are you, have you tried to find anywhere where people of similar interests, similar ilk, reside? No, I'm only now kind of settled into my own ilk or whatever. Yeah, you've officially ilked. Yeah, so like I'm only now going to be like trying to go to philosophical meetups or or people interested in objectivism or or poetry. But it's like uh, I'm quite... uh, My interests are very... are multivaried and, you know... I, that's the thing. I don't need someone to uh, agree with all of them, right? But it's like they need to understand my. They need to be able to understand and be open to my principles in each of them. And I've yet to find many people from any one, just generally, who's open to my thoughts on the others, right? Because you think like object. For example, objectivism is hugely atheistic, but I'm not. And so they don't, like my objectivist friends think I'm delusional for believing in God. My religious friends think objectivism, like it's, it's just, I'm a unique little flower. So it's, well, it's shit, difficult. Um, well, shit. Good luck. Thanks. Uh, on that note, uh, the love languages are very valid, I think. And it definitely has uh, impacted the way I look at uh, things and the way I appreciate how to communicate with uh, 
how like especially even in friendships to not get hurt that people don't know like don't feed the love I, the way i need to type thing necessarily right. and i think that if there is an issue going on with your a relationship with a friend it's kind of hard to just ask them well not necessarily hard but would you ask your friend wait what are your love languages if you haven't picked up on them for example no i don't no. think i would i guess right so i guess if there's a disconnect somewhere it's it, you, there's a lot of troubleshooting that you have to do to figure out why there's that disconnect mm. you know if that makes sense yeah i guess so and i think well i think it would depend on how close you are with that friend it takes a certain level of intimacy generally to be like hey i'm not feeling loved from you right because that's basically what the premise would be right mm. interesting mm. and that definitely opens my eyes to why i am closer with certain people in my life and how I can go longer periods without talking to certain people yet be in the same mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense for friendships, especially that people with similar love languages would like stay close over time generally um, as well. Play. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on and chatting with me. Yes. Thanks for having this lovely conversation. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed your peek behind the mask. Tune in next time. <laughs>